You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Have a good show lined up today. I want to talk about the conversation that we had on the wake-up call with Rick Bennell. Going to mention some things that he said I thought were particularly noteworthy. Free agency starting tonight. What do the Hornets do once free agency hits? Do they get a couple of these guys? And how do they use their cap space overall? I'm signing the second round picks, going after some free agents, then also maybe using some of that cap space to eat a bad contract. Who knows how they're going to use it, but we can talk about that um, at the end of the show today. Also, the introductions for the players were had at Spectrum Center, a super secret media event that happened outside <laughs> at the Spectrum Center. Uh, we can talk about that in just a moment. Now, to real quickly, I want to talk about yesterday's pod. Yes. Because I left that pod yesterday and thinking a, a couple of things, and I feel like some of the Twitter responses that I had re- confirmed some of my thoughts. And, you know, I, I don't know. I. I think my tone was okay yesterday. Yes. I think that maybe what happened is I went a little too into the negative and I don't want to do that because as I put on Twitter, mm-hmm. as I as I talked about at least with the content, with the substance that came out of my mouth yesterday, I like this pick. Like here's the thing. One like uh, they always say you never get over your draft love. You love Devin Vassell. That was your guy. You are heartbroken. I wish, <laughs> I wish people would show you some sympathy right here. Oh, like, no. I just, uh, like, the thing is, like, as far as that goes, like, I am, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a part of me that just feels like I understand where people are coming from, but at the same time, I understand where you're coming from. And I would clown both sides if I could, but you know what? I can't right now. So <laughs> therefore, I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Quite well, honestly. I didn't get bombarded. My, my mentions weren't filled with people saying, why the hell are you being so negative? But I just wanted to make sure that because like, and yes, I love Devin Vassell. We've always, we've already done this. I don't want this to be another SGA thing. But like, I love LaMelo. Like, this is going to be awesome. I'm really excited about watching LaMelo. So it's not like I'm going to be longing for Vassell. This is not the SGA over Miles thing. That's not that. Or the, or the Donovan Mitchell over, you know, I didn't even, I loved Malik more than Donovan Mitchell. So I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's going to be anything like that. I, I'm not going to look at it in hindsight and say, well, if they just would have drafted Vassell, like that's not what this situation is. I, I, I love LaMelo. I just, you know, there's obviously flaws there. And that, and, and so there are with every player. I just wanted to reiterate that. I'm really excited. And I'm also excited because LaMelo seems himself to be embracing the city of Charlotte so yes, much he is. so that he tried cookout. That's the first thing he led off with in his introduction <laughs> press conference. Not a, he tried cookout. He got a chicken sandwich, which, which to me, that's what I go with. If we're yes. going to let's, I'm going to reveal my cookout tray right now. And I okay. get a little nasty with it. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, so what no. I do, I get a Cajun chicken tray, which I think is what LaMelo did. He got a chicken sandwich. I don't know if it was the Cajun chicken sandwich, but that's what I get. It's amazing. I get the Cajun chicken tray. I get seasoned mm-hmm. fries, which he did get, and he did say those were banging. Yes, I um, I also get the chicken quesadilla. That's what I get. I also always get a milkshake. I get the chocolate cheesecake milkshake. Sometimes I switch it up with the chocolate M&M milkshake, and I will tell you, every once in a while, 
I will go as crazy as going with the triple effect milkshake, chocolate cheesecake, M&M milkshake. You're damn right I do. And it's damn amazing. That is what my ideal cookout tray looks like. Walker, as a 37-year-old man, my bowels just stopped at the amount of... <laughs> it just, just literally just shut down at the amount of dairy you just talked about, Walker. <laughs> That's how bad that is. That I worry about you. I worry, so about, I worry about you when you turn 30, Walker. You're going to be realizing like you can't do all this stuff. Like mm-hmm. My stomach hurts for you. Now, as for the chicken, chicken sandwich tray... I find that it's best to go with the chicken strip sandwich tray. You get more okay. chicken per bite. You do that, get the tomato off of there because it's not so good. Season fries. Yeah, it's too soggy. What a, what a great call. But I mean, the Cajun chicken, I, like I'll get the tomato. I need to start asking for it without it because you're right. It's just a little thin. It's a little yeah. soggy. Nice call. No, no tomato because again, it, it, ruin, it ends up ruining the experience. And then what you end up, what I find myself doing, seasoned fries always, but I got to get them onion rings. I got to get the onion rings. They're good. They're good. And then also, I always get my barbecue sauce because it's nice. It's tangy. It goes with the sandwich. It goes with the sandwich. It goes with the rings. Again, maybe you get a, maybe I still try to find my 20s and I still try to get a little bit wild here and there. And then I will go (laughs) and throw the barbecue sauce, barbecue rings over the sandwich. And then you have yourself a really good meal. And then on top of that, the drink, because I'm trying to watch my sugar now, I do half tea, half a half unsweet tea. I've become that person, Walker. I am ashamed of myself. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I hate, I mean, I, look, I I'm not going to judge you. I'm not at your age right now. I just know that I don't have to do that. I'm not going to do it until I absolutely have to. If I go with a the drink, then I'll go with the Hawaiian punch. That is certainly not watching my caloric intake and or sugar intake. Um, the Coke floats are great. I will get yes, a Coke float every now and then. Uh, what else will I get? Oh, the, to the sauce thing. I like to get ranch and honey mustard. I like to get for both of those. I'll put the ranch yes. on the chicken sandwich. I'll put the quesadillas into the ranch, but also- You do quesadillas and ranch? Walker! Yeah, yeah I'll my dip stomach. that thing in there. Oh God, oh, my yeah. stomach hurts. Yeah, I'll dip that thing in there, no problem. But also, if I'm feeling a little froggy, I'll go ahead and order the quesadilla sauce. And I feel like that is nectar from the gods. Yeah. The quesadilla <laughs> and the quesadilla sauce is amazing. Oh man. Well, you know what? You're probably right. You're absolutely right. And, and <laughs> you, you know what? Mind you, here's here's something else because again, I'm just scrolling Twitter while we're talking and I see a tweet from one Lonzo Ball about LaMelo Ball right now. And he says, "Hey yo, Ahmad Monk, Malik Monk, you know what's good? You know you want five. Now, mind you, Lonzo oh, yeah. is forgetting. Lonzo's forgetting somebody also has five. And I guess that that's like super disrespectful. How, like if you're Nick Batum, how do you feel that you've just been completely ignored by Lonzo Ball? Um, I think that's okay. I don't want, I mean, Nada, you know, we love Malik Monk and we do not want him to give up number one. I think number two is just fine for one LaMelo ball to uh, keep number two overall. And we did see the Jersey reveal. We saw LaMelo Mm. ball is going to be wearing number two, which I think is a sexy letter, a sexy number. I don't know why I said sexy letter. I can't count. It's Friday. We understand. Um, I do think it's a sexy number for a point guard. I like that number on him. Uh, the jerseys look fly to me, by the way. I really mm-hmm. like those unis that they were sporting. I got to see some of that. So Lamelo, you know, Lamelo seems like a cool dude, man. Like he, he's, you know, he was yeah. talking. He was having a good time. He was fluid. He was just really short. He was, yeah, 
at all. He kept his answers really short. And that has to kind of, I think, probably show up in the interview process. That's something Jonathan Gavoni talked about when they were discussing the the post-draft show on the Zach uh, on the Zach Low Post podcast. So um yeah, he was just short, yeah. but he seemed like a cool dude. I, I really liked his uh I really liked his personality. He seems like a fun guy. Vernon Carey, not a whole lot there as far as the comments that he oh. had. All he did was continue to talk about how he dieted. That was among the questions he was asked, and that was about it. Nothing to take away from Vernon Carey. Nick Richards, not a whole lot to take away from, in my opinion, either. He talked about his relationship with PJ Washington. Um, and that was about it. And uh, there's nothing really too much to take from there. I thought Grant Riller was the most interesting to hear. One, because he just gave us longer answers. First, he was he was not mm-hmm. only the last one introduced because he was the last pick, but his uh, flight was delayed. And so he literally came in. Oh, wow. Um, he, he came in late and it was kind of like perfect timing. I wonder if they just had the suit ready for him to jump right on into and walk outside for the press conference. Yeah. Um, he talked about how hard he worked. He talked about how he spent... Um, his time in LA working with a couple of different trainers, one on the basketball court, one in the weight room, real candid about that experience. Um, talking about what he can bring as a basketball player where LaMelo being very vague, what he can bring, you know, Vernon Carey says I can bring, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason I lost weight so I could play defense better. And so I could shoot. Everybody was being very vague about their skill set. Grant Riller was discussing how he can play really well in transition. Um, you know, how he's a really hard guard. He puts a lot of pressure on the opposing defense, just went into great detail about it. So he was, he's going to be fun to listen to when he talks about what mm-hmm. he feels he can bring to a team. Another interesting thing, Nada, was that um, I, I realized that Grant Riller, if he scores points, will not be uh, the first member of College of Charleston to score points for the Hornets in the last five years. That belongs to Joe Cheely, who had a bucket against the Boston Celtics. And he had been leaning on Joe Cheely quite a bit because they were former teammates. And Joe Cheely, all he had to say was very nice things about the Hornets organization. Anything you noticed or or you went from the pictures that you saw outside or anything I told you or anything that you saw what they said that you wanted to speak on? Well, the first thing I, I probably want to speak on is I want to apologize to Joe Cheely because I keep forgetting that he came from College of Charleston. And my acknowledged draft cross on Grant Riller um, has to come down just a little bit because as anyone that's listened to this podcast knows, I am not the biggest fan of Joe Cheely. So here I am to apologize. And hopefully that Grant Riller works out because you know what? We're depending on him to at least make Greensboro very, very interesting rather than whatever Joe Cheely did. Um, outside of that, um, I just, again, the fact that none of them, none of the other guys had much to say. Yeah, that, it was not, it was not interesting trained. content. I got to tell you. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't very interesting content, but I'm not expecting much because one, these are 19 to 20 year old kids. And at the same time, none of them are like outside of maybe LaMelo really has that kind of media training like that. So it's okay. I it get is it. Okay. Um, but but I'm actually really, really excited to see what's going to happen going forward for this team because I think one or two of them are going to contribute and they're going to be with the reasons why certain people stick and why certain people don't stick. Uh, yeah, it was. it's going to be fun to watch. It was cool to see all of them outside the Spectrum Center today. Uh, I mean, obviously very excited all of those guys are. It's really cool to see the genuine emotion from them. And just real quickly... You know, not I can't I, I can't tell you a good rookie interview I've ever had from a member of either the Carolina mm-hmm. Panthers or the Charlotte Hornets. Devontae Graham was god awful and now he's solid. Dwayne Bacon yeah. was the worst of all time. 
Uh, and you know, what's funny, Malik Monk was actually the best, but that was a little bit easier. I got to go solo with him and he was a little relaxed. And so Malik Monk was probably one of the best, but man, rookies are just so bad at talking and it's, and it's just fine. Like I'm not, I'm yeah. not hating on it at all. It, it's just how it is. Like you're, you're getting taken to the NBA and all of a sudden you have all these different members of media talking to you. Um, but that's just what it is. And dude, when we go to the Carolina Panthers, Star Latulale was notoriously bad. Oh, bad. Uh, Vernon Butler, I, I, he might be number one. Um, when he was taken, wow, I think really? in 2016, Vernon Butler was really bad. Yeah, that's just how it goes, man. The rookies are awful at talking to the media, but they get a lot better. And so it's really not a big deal. Uh, real quickly, before we move on to the conversation that we had on the wake-up call with Rick Bennell today, I want to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious energy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, and 12 original ones. But what's great about um, the Built Bar is the fact that not only is it delicious, but it's healthy for you too, and it's great for the health-conscious guy. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in one of those fantastic tasting built bars and you get a free cooler with your purchase if you go to builtbar.com so do that go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order again use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com Rick Bennell's conversation we'll talk about next on the other side of the break this is locked on hornets you give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, you know, I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah, give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about, uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the God. noun I was going to get. A plural go. noun! This isn't hard! It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I thought Rick had a lot of good information today. Always enjoy talking with Rick. Can't wait to kind of get those interviews, maybe cooking up once again, once the season starts. Want to give Rick a break because he's always so generous with his time here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Yeah. Don't give him a whole lot of breaks on the wake up call, though. Always comes through, always gives us a lot of good no, content. No, no, exactly. And uh, exactly. he gave, some, uh, gave us some good stuff today, Nada. So, you know, the first thing I asked him was once... James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards were off of the board. How positive, I, I asked him how sure he was, how comfortable was he saying that LaMelo Ball was going to be the third overall pick? And he said he was positive that it was maybe there was an Anyeka Kungwu in consideration once upon a time. You know, I, I don't know how recently, but he did say once those two were off the board, it was going to be LaMelo Ball. And a couple of the interesting things he said about those three prospects were one, it was going to be interesting between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball if both of those guys were available. I thought that was interesting, Nada, because we had kind of seen that is interesting. Edwards be the backup plan, and that was what Rick had talked about, and then he talked about a little bit there where that, that would have been something that would have been a, a fun case study or, or that would have been a fun thing to see mm -hmm. who, would they, who they would have gone with. But Rick did say, you know, if, if the Hornets were taking... The, if, if the Hornets were at the top of the draft and they were selecting number one overall, James Wiseman would be a Hornet. So we know pretty emphatically, at least based on reporting, that James Wiseman was number one on their board. And if the Hornets were selecting number one, Nada, then Wiseman would be a Charlotte Hornet. What did you make of some of those comments from Rick? I know you were listening earlier today. Uh, some of the comments, like there was a lot of this that was very interesting to me. Um, uh, the bigger one was like, again, I guess the Wiseman one was the biggest one for me, What which... I kind of agree that, yeah, it was obvious Wiseman because Wiseman probably had the least of, um, among all of them of the pitfalls. 
The one thing I do think, though, when he says it would have been a really interesting dicey choice, I think they would have chosen LaMelo over Anthony Edwards anyway. I think some of the mentality, some of the the maturity, some of, a lot of the stuff that we had heard about, I think that was going to legitimately scare them off. So yeah, I'm and, not sure. Yeah, and maybe it would have scared them off. Like, for me, I don't want to act like, you know, it, it's not shocking. It's just interesting that it's confirmed kind of right. Or, I mean, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to misrepresent what Rick is saying, but he was saying, yeah, James Wiseman would be a Hornet if he was number one overall. You know, it goes to show you, if you were a LaMelo Ball fan, then you've got to be happy that the Charlotte Hornets had the third overall pick and didn't have number one. Now, Rick Bennell also said that he didn't think the Hornets and the Timberwolves ever got truly close to a deal. And if you listened to the low post podcast and their draft recap, Zach Lowe said what he had heard the Timberwolves were offering to the Hornets in exchange for a three, one swap with whatever else was going to be a pillar there um, that Minnesota was asking for a ton and the Hornets didn't do so. And not a, you know, what's funny, Zach Lowe himself. Yes. That Zach Lowe of ESPN, who was constantly, wait, 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 Hold on. You got to set this up. You got to set this up properly. So you're telling me, so, so wait, you're telling me Zach Lowe, Mr. Um, Boston picks, Boston was going to give the Godfather off. (laughs) He complimented the Charlotte Hornets for something. He did. I really thought that you were telling me to stop because there was a technical issue. I was like, wait, okay, I stopped. But no, no. yes, I am telling no. you that, Nada. I was listening to the Low Post podcast, and I am telling you that he was giving credit to Mitch Kupchak and the Charlotte Hornets for not giving in and trying to give up a ton of assets to move up and take James Wiseman at number one overall. He was commending them for standing pat at number three and just taking as I've called it a million times just whatever the consolation prize is even though I I really like LaMelo Ball he's gonna be a lot of fun I don't know if you could Mm -hmm. call that but just whoever was left over there it was the right decision for them and he actually gave credit to Mitch Kupchak for the way that he's done business so far um you know it's it's not anything that he's kind of talked about with the Hornets before you know and then he would go on to say, you know, I'm glad that the Hornets have a guy like that because they have been stuck in mediocrity for so long, which is true, as tough as it is to hear. It's definitely been true. And so that's why you might be extremely excited because LaMelo does have the star power, man. It's crazy. And and I don't know if you saw this, Nada. Yeah. But... I think um, you know, you see the ticket traffic go up. The ticket inquiries went up for yeah. the Charlotte Hornets once they drafted LaMelo Ball. The traffic, as far as just searching for the Charlotte Hornets, that went up once LaMelo was selected three overall. There's no doubt they took the most popular player, the most talked about player in the draft. And that within itself is fun. It doesn't mean you should ever draft that quality over who you think is going to be the better basketball player, but that within itself is admittedly going to be fun as hell to have all of these eyes on us. Yeah, it's it's really going to be fun because that does that mean more people get to listen to us too now? <laughs> they get to hear if our dulcet so tones? Low, if they're so like cuz if it Exactly. If they're so fortunate, which me, mind you, tell a friend. And again, we're going to be like, this is the coolest part. We're going to get so many more national games just for being LaMelo Ball. Again, for LaMelo Ball's rookie year. We're going to, Walker, we're allowed to have people back in stadiums again, stands again. We're going to have, we're going to have LaVar Ball at courtside. Bruh. Think about how crazy that oh sounds. Oh my God. He's already appearing like, on local television. Did you see that? He's already, <laughs> LeVar yes, Ball is already making yes, appearances on uh, local television shows. So 
Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see. I can't wait to get back at the Spectrum Center, man. I mean, it's going to be so fun to watch these young guys, yeah. these baby bugs, as they've been called. It, it's going to be it's going to be so exciting. But you, I don't know um, how many of the Hornets that are on the roster now are still going to be here. At Nada, we've talked a lot about these guys as trade chips, uh-huh. and I asked Rick Bennell what he thought about the backcourt situation now that Lamelo Ball was selected, and even Grant Riller, who. It, you know, look, the 56th overall pick, it doesn't mean that he's going to come in and immediately take minutes away, but we've seen second round picks be really effective. I mean, McDaniels is a guy that was the first guy off the bench that was selected in the fifties as soon as this season. Crazy. So yeah, yeah, maybe Grant Riller does do something well enough to where he's truly competing. Either way, the backcourt situation gets crazy interesting. And we talked about this yesterday. Rick's input was that, yeah, the, the two guys to look at are Terry Rozier and Malik Monk. Terry Rozier to a lesser degree, and it's really more so Malik Monk going into this type of year on his contract, being a guy that had his season end abruptly because of the violation of the NBA's anti-drug policy, but also playing so well the month prior. Like, this, this would be pretty damn easy if Malik Monk didn't have the last month that he did of the season, even with me and you believing in him before that last month, that last month, I'm not saying it made a believer out of everybody, but it finally showcased just with the numbers that you could see counting wise. Oh, okay. Malik actually is playing well. If he didn't have that, then it might be easy for the Hornets just to decide, okay, this guy's really expendable, but instead Cupcheck came out and told you a million times that he's one of the most talented players on the roster. Maybe not now with Lamelo. He's not wrong about no, that. No, he's not. He can no, still he, no, be he's one. Still not wrong yeah, about he that. might not be the, but you know yeah. that's a comment he said a million times. But we'll see what happens with Malik. Not a, I, I would agree though. I think Malik is the most fascinating guy to see what happens because of the other moves that they made in the backcourt this offseason. Like, the thing is, like, I think when we have these conversations about the guard rotation, we just have to assume that until further notice, until some preseason games, until practice, that Malik is on the outside looking in. And he's not alone. I think the Martin twins are also on the outside looking in. There's a lot of these guys that are going to have to earn and fight for minutes. Like, we talked about this yesterday. There is a massive glut and... At the same time, I don't know how you unclog this unless you'd start putting LaMelo at three, which he can't permanently be because he's not physically ready yet. But you, there's things you're going to have to do to make this account, like make this amenable for everybody around them. And maybe that even starts out with, okay, LaMelo doesn't start. Who knows? But at this point, the, like, this is a log jam that I think only a trade can fix. And granted, we're about, as we're recording this, we're about an hour away from um, from free agency starting. There are going to have to be some answer, questions answered soon because otherwise I have no idea how James Brego is going to navigate this because juggling this seems damn near impossible, especially when you start considering all the egos that are probably involved in all this. Well, I, I hope that we don't get the Malik Monk ego. Like he's got to eat this. I mean, you know, like with that, with the way that season ended, I I just hope that I I hope we don't get any from anybody, of course, but you know, Malik is going to be fascinating to see. And and Terry Rozier, you know, just real quickly before we go to one last segment, um, Chris Mannix did 
have some comments um, earlier today that the Clippers inquired about Terry Rozier. Now, I don't know if anything had real traction on Rozier mm-hmm. actually being sent to the Clippers, but that was a team that was looking into you know Terry Rozier. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see if uh, there is a maybe if Lamelo's acquisition serves as a catalyst to Terry Rozier being off of the roster. Uh, we'll take one more break. Let's talk about free agency. Nada, you just mentioned it. It's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nada, you just mentioned it, as I as I just said. Uh, you look at free agency starting here in just a little bit. Going to try to release this soon. So uh, we apologize if there's some news that breaks that you're just uh, you're getting to this podcast. Maybe some news already broke. But as of now, um, you know, we're right ahead of when free agency starts. Rick Benelli wrote an article about this, a real long, extensive article. You can do, go check out at Rick underscore Benell. And then you see some of the other things uh, just with what um, you see out there on the open market. Nada. I know Joe Harris has been a really popular name brought up. I know Christian Wood has yes. been a really popular name brought up. And, you know, as what's what's fun about this is the Charlotte Hornets are just one of the few teams that have cap space. They're not number one. They're not the Hawks. They're not the Knicks but they do have cap space to work with. And so they're going to have their choice of some of these guys more so than damn near every other team with these and, and, and Wood and Harris. And, you know, I know a Serge Ibaka is somebody that's out there too. Like th- there's some interesting names here that don't make you better to the point where it, it takes you out of lottery contention but they're good enough to come in and be leaders and just help all the other guys grow in the areas that you want them to grow in. So what do you make of free agency about the start and how it specifically pertains to the Charlotte Hornets? Hornets fans should have their expectations super low. And by super low, I mean, they're not going to get involved in the first day. They may not even get involved in the second day. They may not even get involved in the first week. I think this team is looking for veterans, and I think they need guys that are going to be okay with a potential bench role. I would probably say, again, look to New York. Look at a guy like Taj Gibson. Look at a guy like Bobby Portis, someone that's going to be willing to play a little bit of center. And at this point, like, unfortunately, we're like, as far as that goes, I'm looking for a veteran. Biz is probably not coming back which kind of makes sense depending on how you believe it again, how much you believe that Borrego really did not love his center rotation. He's looking to switch it up. So a guy like Todd Gibson, maybe a guy like Bobby Portis, go look there in terms of guard, like Joe Harris feels like a guy that's not going to be around for very long. 18 to like, I would, again, before this even comes out before, and by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be out. A free agents will be be out, but four for 72 for Joe Harris. That feels like the proper deal for him. 18 million a year. That's kind of out of the Charlotte Hornets range. Charlotte Hornets range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian Wood. I mean, the Knicks are clearing out all that space for a reason. And I think it's for, and, and got rid of a lot of their big men for a reason. So I think Christian Wood's another guy that they're going to be, that, that they're going to do this with. I Again, I, as long as the Knicks... I'm sorry, as long as the Hornets are kind of smart with their money and take a trade here or there and get some additional 
uh, picks and possibly swindle a 2021 out of somebody lightly protected. I think that's going to be, I'm okay with that for free agency right now. I don't know. I'm, uh, how about you? Well, Christian Wood is the guy that I think I have my eyes first and foremost, because they didn't address the big man position early, you know, that you go after Vernon Carey, who is not a defensive menace by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, Nick Richards, you're, you're, you're trading up to go get him because in your mind, you think that he could be somebody that's athletic enough that can play that position, but he's also the 41st pick in the second round, even with the success that the Hornets mm-hmm. have had in the second round, that's not anything you bank on go get someone like Christian Wood who allows you to be versatile and can be just a really good five guy, 10 to $13 million for Wood. I'd be willing to pony up the money for a Christian Wood to be on this team when you have that kind of cap space. Cause I don't think that would be a bad deal. And I don't think it would be for very long when you're signing. And if you did, then okay. Like I think that's someone that will match the value of his contract going forward. Wood is the guy that I like here. Nada. I think when you're talking about Joe Harris, you know, if he's going to garner $15 million in salary a year, at least, right? Like you said, 18, if you're talking about 15, right? I'm with you. I'm going from just a a low level here. If you're talking about 15, then you're talking about, you know, signing all of your second round picks. You have four of them. If you want to keep all of them, I'm not saying you're going to, but let's say you sign all of your uh, four second round picks. You keep a lot of the guys that you had last year then you're talking about 15 million. Okay. That's about it. You know, and as far as like just using all the empty cap space that you have. So yeah, I, as, as much as Harris would make a ton of sense, nobody's wrong for thinking Harris makes a ton of sense. It just, it, it, it's not going to happen with the money. That's where I go to wood where, okay, if we're talking anywhere from 10 to 13, um, then that make, that makes the most sense to me contractually. And just the way that he fits on this roster, not like that's my number one target, to be honest with you. Yeah, here's the here's the problem though. You're probably gonna have to spend north of that ten to thirteen to get him to consider Charlotte when you have when you're competing with New York and you're also low key keep competing with Boston, who is trying to clear up cap space and possibly using a guy like Gordon Hayward, who they can sign and trade away. So there's gonna like you're gonna have to use a good portion of that, and I would much rather them just. Keep it chill for right now, and then wait till next year to blow some cap space. If you well, really Gordon Hayward like, situation, dry, is in, yeah, go ahead, Nana. Sorry, is, yeah, that is that is an interesting one too because again, Gordon Hayward has been lightly connected here, and I'm starting to get kind of nervous about that one too. No, I yeah, uh, I I don't buy into that. I think what you're seeing here is one Woj. I think said something about Indiana being of interest to Gordon, which would make a lot of sense after playing college basketball at uh, Butler and, you know, going back home, you know, Indiana, of course, (laughs) Indiana embracing the, uh, the homegrown white guy that would of course be right up the Pacers alley. And so that would make a lot of sense for him to go back home. So one, you have that situation, New York uh, has the cap space to go after a, you know, a, a semi-star, right? Like not, you know, Mm -hmm. and not really like I not talking about how good Gordon is, but yeah, the Knicks would make some sense there to go after Gordon Hayward. And we know they've been linked to Russell Westbrook. Like, do you want to go after Russell and Gordon Hayward and try to do something like that? That would eat a lot of money. So yeah, it would be. (laughs) Um, And then you're discussing the the Atlanta Hawks who I know Gordon Hayward has been linked to heavily. Like he, I mean, the Hawks might be the number one team that have been linked to Gordon Hayward heavily. And then you're talking about Danilo Gallinari, you know, not when you're also talking about 
the Knicks, you know, they draft Obi Toppin. We are, we've made the joke a million times how they have too many power forwards and those big guys. You look at the Hawks, you know, they're moving off of Dwayne Dedman because they drafted Anyeka Kongwu and already have Clint Capella. They're going to go after a big guy, but it's not going to be Christian Wood. It's going to be somebody that serves as the third string tall man. Charlotte, I, I, I think Charlotte ends up with Christian Wood. I, I just the way that everything shapes up. I think that Charlotte and Christian Wood are going to reunite. And I think it's going to be anywhere, like I said, between 10 to 13 million. And I'd be just fine with that. I'd actually be happy with it. Yeah, I would, I would be happy with it too. I'd like, again, when we start talking about free agency, I would just love Mm -hmm. to see a free agent. I just don't think this is the year. I think next year when you have enough, a few more stamps on your passport, again, LaMelo does enough stuff to wear it becomes a it, it becomes fashionable to be here. Then I'm here for doing a something like that. But until then, yo, let's just be let's be that cap space. Let's be the cap space dumpster mm-hmm. for for bit better terms. Just give us picks, yeah. give us your picks, and let's turn them into to, to Cade Cunningham or someone else. Uh, yeah, that and that makes a lot of sense too. You know, like I, I would certainly be in favor of that. Like I'd like Christian Wood, as I mentioned, but I would also really enjoy. You know, I would also really like using that cap space to take on a bad contract and collect some assets. I would be certainly open to the Hornets doing that. You know, I wonder about this extension too with Devonte, and if they were thinking about that, Nada. Does this LaMelo ball selection just say, no, we're not going to do this now? Like, I wonder if, if, if it would have been James Wiseman, do you, are you a little bit more lenient to signing Devonte Graham to the extension? And then, uh, and then now that you drafted LaMelo, does that take you off of that a little bit more and make you more comfortable just saying, well, we're going to see how it, how it plays out this year. And I, I think it is the latter. I think you're more comfortable just saying, okay, we're just going to see how this is even more not saying that wasn't the plan in the first place, but LaMelo mm-hmm. certainly eases your mind. If that was a question mark in Mitch Kupchak's head. Like, I, I don't so. think, I don't think they were getting uh, quite honestly, I don't think they were going for the extension this year anyway. I don't think Devontae would have taken it because yeah. Devontae probably they, they probably would have offered him pennies on the dollar. So I don't think they would have he would have taken it, but I think it would have been really, really interesting going forward to see what happens. I, again, I think with LaMelo, I don't think LaMelo complicates anything because at some point you have to show PJ, you should have to show Miles, you have to show LaMelo even that, hey, we take care of our own guys that we draft and develop. And if you are worth it, then we will give you the money that you are seeking. You have to develop that because that is something that the Hornets, while trying to not like give bad, bad contracts out, like the MKG and the Cody Zeller contracts that ended up being bad, you still have to have a reputation that you can at least reward your own guys. So unless, so I think they're going to have to give it to Devonte, And if they don't, I don't want to see what happens after that. And we're at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to let that Cody Zeller, bad contract comment slide, but I don't think it's a bad contract. <laughs> Doug Branson probably agrees with you though. We know that that wraps up this edition of locked on Hornets. Always appreciate you guys for joining the show. Uh, next week, we're going to have breakdowns, going to look at all these players individually, going to be a lot of fun, exciting moment here with the Charlotte Hornets taking LaMelo and a few other uh, second round at draft picks. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, and we will be back with you on Monday.